0: Welcome to the Green Light Podcast, an audio breakdown of the regulatory barriers to social equity in the cannabis industry by marijuana matters. My name is Deanna Benjamin and I'm your host. It's fine for a woman to unwind with a glass of wine at the end of the day, right? But what about with weed? And what about if she's a mother? May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and today you'll get to hear Celine Osman drop some incredibly inspiring and helpful information about cannabis entrepreneurship, the therapeutic nature of cannabis, and breaking the stigma associated with cannabis use, especially for women, especially for moms. Saline is a serial cannabis entrepreneur with a fascinating relationship with cannabis, including its political, medical, and entrepreneurial sides. From having nearly every bone broken in her body to being convicted of a cannabis felony, Saline's endured trauma and overcome it, often with the help of weed. Let's get into it. So on today's show, I am with Saline Osman, who has a fascinating story when it comes to both being a user of medicinal cannabis, um, an advocate in the cannabis space, and just a really interesting entrepreneurial journey in general, um, but I'm gonna let her tell her story. So I, I wanted to start, Celine, um, with an accident, a car accident that you were in. I read that you were in a nearly fatal car accident and cannabis played a major role in your recovery can you tell us more about that experience
1: absolutely well first of all thank you again for so much for including me i really appreciate it anytime i get to show up for this beautiful plant i am honored and so Mm -hmm. grateful Um, so as a i'm a born and raised california woman and uh so cannabis has always sort of been around that cannabis culture's been around and even though I was raised in a very traditional, uh, conservative Christian family, and my parents didn't smoke, even though they were product, you know, growing up in the '60s themselves, mm-hmm. um, it, we, our family wasn't for it. However, I was always drawn to it as a teenager, way more than alcohol. I just mm-hmm. didn't really love the feeling. Or the taste of alcohol. And I really enjoy the cannabis feeling. So even as a teen, I loved cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was in my late teens, I was in a near-fatal car accident. And um, I truly did break almost every bone in my body. I wow. broke my C- I severed my C-tooth and my neck. So that's I broke my neck. Wow. It cracked. So like, had it moved just a pinch more, I would have probably lived the rest of my life from 19 on as a, quadri- or a quadriplegic or a paraplegic, but fate didn't have that and uh, it just cracked and it's set in the right place and I have full mobility, so I'm very, very blessed. Wow. But I broke my neck, I broke my sternum, I broke five ribs, and I broke my leg with a compound fracture that literally the bone went through the main artery, severed severed the main artery to my foot. So they had to graft veins from my other part of my body and do skin grafts and vein grafts and do these emergency um, operations to just keep my leg. They thought they were going to have to amputate my foot. So, I mean, it just gets more complicated, but... Wow. You know, the blessing here is that it happened when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So you really heal quickly. Um, the other thing was I was just at a very beautiful transitional place in my life. I was going to beauty school mm-hmm. to be a hairstylist. I was with my girlfriend and it was just another day of you know, fun, and then boom! Mm. My car goes in the back of a double barrel gravel construction trap. What the freak happened? <laughs> but, lo and behold, it wasn't my fault. Believe it or not, even though I hit the back of them, I, it wasn't my fault. It was the construction people's fault. So, basically, it, I spent six weeks in uh, in, a, in a hospital, and three and a half of those in intensive care with fifteen pounds of traction holding my neck in place so I wouldn't I would recover. And during that process, I met a respiratory therapist. I had on the clock respiratory therapist. And this guy was young and he saw that I had purple or pink hair at the time. And, you know, he got <laughs> my story that I was going to beauty school as a, a rebel kid. And he told me that the medicine that he was pumping into my lungs to make me cough so that I didn't get pneumonia laying there mm. Um Was the same activation as what cannabis does. Mm. That what cannabis is a bronchial dilator, Mm. and that's why we it dilates, and that's why we actually cough when we smoke it right because mm-hmm. it, it's a vascular dilator it's it, it dilates all of our vascular system and so he just explained that to me and I'm like oh so basically you're saying you're pumping drugs into my system so I'll cough but if I took a hit off of a, a joint it would it would do the same he's like absolutely I'm telling you it would do the same so wow that was my first inclination and learning and shift of like cannabis is medicine mm. It really dawned on me, and then when I I had to move back home to recover, because you know I was broken up from one end to the other. I was in a wheelchair because my leg, whatever, and and then I had this Herman Munster thing uh, uh, bolted into my head to keep my head straight so that I would uh, heal from my neck injury. But any and I looked like crazy, but but I was recovering, and my parents and I noticed from. That day on, I just said, I'm going to use cannabis as medicine. So I never took another, um, uh, I never took a a pill. I never Mm. took any more medicine, like any drugs or anything that they prescribe for pain or anything. I just use cannabis. Wow. And although my... Parents didn't allow me, like, say, hey, yeah, go smoke your pot so you can feel better. <laughs> they just turned the other way. When mm-hmm. my friends came to visit me, they would roll me in my wheelchair out to the backyard so I could do a few bong hits. And they were really okay with it because they saw that it was making me feel better and there was no harm, no foul. And I was still a very kind, compassionate person that wasn't just on the couch stuffing my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Already was Mm -hmm. starting to shift then, Mm -hmm. and I was merely a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I recovered, and I just realized that. Cannabis and I had a really beautiful relationship and Mm -hmm. I needed her in my life for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And so that formed really great uh, relationships with farmers throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I moved to Los Angeles. I was always in the hospitality and restaurants and management and consulting and and, uh, catering and whatnot. Uh, I was in the Venice Beach community uh, when I was running a a coffee shop for a dear friend of mine. Uh, I was like the unofficial mayor of the community every Friday everyone came through my cafe and would Mm -hmm. drop me some money and say get my weed for the weekend (laughs) okay fine so I'd have orders so I would be able to get it in bulk and never have to pay for smoking it myself and it was really great so that led into when the dot calm world hit mm. in the early 2000s and I was living in Venice Beach I ran this cafe that was quite bustling and literally the community was an artist community mm. so a lot of our community got these giant lumps of money this to start a dot-com company and they needed to have a party and I was notorious for throwing incredible parties Lots of great food and lots of great cannabis. Mm. And I became very popular in the community to throw events and parties for people and the launching of these dot com parties. And um, because I would always pair really good food with really fine cannabis. Right. And so that led me to. Um, The transition to start a first delivery cannabis delivery service in 1999. I quit the cannabis the uh, cafe, and I went into catering. All these events, those dot com events, and catering for the music and movie industry and television world. I launched my own catering business. In addition, simultaneously launching this delivery service. And I had up to four girls and another couple part-time girls driving all over Los Angeles, delivering the cannabis that I would curate for them to go and spread the love throughout our community. Mm. And you had to be in the know and know someone to get the very special Mm. phone number to get to our girls. I've never had an online presence. I never had, um, you know, I never publicated in any way our uh, delivery. And so it became a very elitist, mm-hmm. private uh, delivery service. And it was became very... Uh, well known within the Los Angeles community because I had a catering business I would also feed people on set of movies and TV shows and uh, movie uh, videos and and music videos and whatnot. so they knew that they could get the good food but that they could also get really fine cannabis and so those two things went together I have a very A-list community of uh, clients, patients, I ran I got busted. Uh, Mm. I went to expand a a legitimate catering business and the deal went sour and the woman was angry so she turned my my delivery service into the police and gave them all the information. They took me and four girls down. We spent the night in jail but it was a lesson learned because it t- brought me to one of the best, most incredible um, criminal de- defense lawyers in Los Angeles. is mm. my age. His name is Eric Shevin. He's my lawyer. And he taught me that I do not have to ha- hang my head in shame, mm. that I should always hold my head up because i live in california and what i was doing was helping people's lives Mm -hmm. was bringing quality to people was bringing love and compassion to people's lives and there was nothing wrong with what i was doing i just had to follow the rules
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so i
1: uh, yeah so i set up a a under uh, Prop two uh, basically under uh, two sixty four, I, I ran medical marijuana. Okay. Until we passed adult legal consumption in two thousand sixteen, and when they changed it, I couldn't acquire a license. Now, mm. why in the city of Los Angeles after paying or absorbent amounts of taxes, not getting any breaks to run medical marijuana, Mm -hmm. so that I would be first in line to get a license when the licenses were legal, because I already knew the industry, because I'm a woman, Mm -hmm. because I'm a woman who's not just white, because my parents are mixed, because I lived in a community where there was gang activity, Mm -hmm. but not anymore because it was gentrified. So, But I've been busted. I went to jail for the plant. I should have first dibs to that (laughs) getting a license. Right. <laughs> at that. But no, that's not how the city of Los Angeles decided to mm. roll it out. So instead of getting bitter, I made a transition. Mm. I shifted to putting on events for women want to use this beautiful plant as a spiritual and creative tool Mm. and so my partner and i created the glowing goddess getaway Mm. and we are a private women's social club and we facilitate three-day two-night all-inclusive getaways for Mm. women all over the country in legal cannabis states we go to and we set up these Overall weekends where we just spoil the shit out of you, <laughs> and while we use cannabis all weekend long, you never have to worry about a thing. You just pay one price, four hundred twenty dollars, and you show up, and we set up a tent for you, and we treat you ro- like royalty. We every meal is catered to mm. your dietary need. There is so much cannabis to consume, whether you like to vape it, smoke it, mm. dab it eat it. Mm. It's there for you to enjoy because we are truly believing that we need to end the stigma around this plant, that we as women,
0: you know, Mm. it's
1: enough is enough for moms like to, jump into the bathroom or the uh garage and have a few puffs to become to come back to their kids to be a better version of themselves for their kid have a little extra patience for their children but it's okay for them to have a glass of wine in front of their kids right it's okay to like go to a football game with like a cooler full of beer Mm. like why is that okay but not sucking on a vape Hmm. Why? We okay. need to see that cannabis is medicine. Truly, even if you're doing it recreationally, it's still helping your body. Your body's still wanting it for a reason, because we're all born with an endocannabinoid system. We're all connected through this incredible system that we're born with, that our mother's milk produces Mm. cannabinoids for us to keep us balanced in homeostasis. It's an incredible, beautiful plant. And it's time now to end the stigma Mm. around this gorgeous plant. We've been taught and told a lie. Mm. and It's hurt so many communities that don't need to be affected even more by the onslaught of of racism and everything else. You know, it's just horrific. So at the end of the day, I made my pivot. Mm. Now I focus on how cannabis can be used to enhance women's lives, to be a better mom, to be a better grandma, to be a better woman. Mm. For yourself first and foremost, but then for your loved ones in your community. And that's what this goddess community that we have created is all about. Just truly... Truly creating a community of cannabis loving women that look like so many different people. From age 21 to 70, 80 years old, we've had every single age and sociological economical background ever we've got the barbie malibu moms to the truck drivers from across the nation <laughs> every way you look as long as you're identifying as a woman you can come mm-hmm. and we also have a couples retreat usually a couple okay. times a week and a family re- retreat where you can bring your kids to help normalize mm-hmm. that these kids are living with families that their moms and dads use cannabis as medicine and they're not they're having a very normal life they're right. not their parents are more present and more available for mm-hmm. them. And that's beautiful. And we need to continue mm-hmm. to showcase that it's normal mm-hmm. and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then my biggest pivot was I moved out of Los Angeles. I moved to the high desert and I live in a beautiful energy vortex of the Joshua tree national park. And wow. it's so gorgeous up here. And the universe has provided me a pivot where last year in the time of COVID Simon and Schuster, one of the largest, Uh, publishing houses commissioned me to write a book about cbd and cocktails and so i'm a newly published author on cbd and cocktails and how adding cbd to your actual alcohol cocktails can be very effective and beneficial and you'll drink less Mm. and there's far more um, recovery in the next day and Mm. you'll see you're drinking less because it makes it makes it far more effective and so as a result of writing that book and doing my own research. Now I have launched an online marketplace Mm -hmm. called here's to CBD. And I really feel it's my responsibility to educate and to bring really good products and brands to the forefront mm. to share with everyone really good sources of CBD and other other uh, non-psychoactive minor cannabinoids because mm. we're finding so much more about CBG and right. CBF and other cannabinoids that are equally as beneficial that aren't getting this necessarily high mm. and I want to help people feel better mm. through using this plant medicine.
0: Wow, Celine, you the passion and the purpose that you have just are so clear. It's it's obvious that you really believe in the power of this plant, and that is why you have made all these decisions. As you were telling your story, I just kept thinking, it's not she makes she's speaking and y'all can't see her, but she's like literally glowing <laughs> right now. She is like a glowing human being. Um, Just joy radiating off of her and ease radiating off of her. But your story is, is full of conflict and difficulty from the beginning. You know, this fatal accident, nearly fatal accident that broke every bone in your body. But you experienced the therapeutic effects of medicinal cannabis. And that just seemed to trigger this whole life change. And I love what you were saying about women. And and I want to know if you can just expand on that a little bit more. I think that for women, it's especially difficult to talk about enjoying cannabis or using it therapeutically or even recreationally. There's certainly a stigma attached in general to women pursuing pleasure. So in your experience of taking, um, of hosting these goddess getaways and working with women through the years. Um, do you find that it's more difficult for women to, to be accepted, um, for their cannabis use or what are the challenges that women specifically face when it comes to incorporating cannabis into their lives? And do you believe that cannabis can be especially helpful to women?
1: Well, first off, a (laughs) hundred percent, that's not even negotiable, of Of course, I believe it can be beneficial to these women, to people as a whole on this whole planet. Mm. This was a God given plant that was, Mm. it's on so many continents and it's consistent. And even if you don't get high with this plant, this plant offers Mm. so much, so many benefits, so many benefits. Okay reeling back to women and this beautiful plant. I think women do that to ourselves. Mm. I think we add the extra guilt and shame that's not necessary. And that's also part of this beautiful community Mm. that we're trying to build and uphold is that The shame doesn't need to exist any longer. Mm. Why are we so shameful from a God-given plant that can raise the quality of our lives over having, pouring another glass of wine Mm. or opening another bottle? And it's totally acceptable for women to have wine Mm. and their cocktails, but not plant medicine Mm. that's not literally killing you Mm. or hurting your liver or has many more repercussions than this plant. Mm. This plant will never kill you. You know, the worst thing's going to happen is you might get a little paranoid and we need to take a nap. <laughs> 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 so, um, so that's what I mm. feel and it always I truly believe it starts with women because we are the nurturers, we are the mothers of this planet. When something happens we go to our moms, we go to our sisters, we go to our girlfriends right this is where we go we are the nurturers of this planet this is a god-given female plant she's here to uplift our femininity and that's what we need on this planet today Mm. as well we need more of the divine feminine Mm. you know that Mm. and that's what's happening thank god we got kamala (laughs) in any (laughs) (laughs) case i am here to say Mm. i believe this glowing goddess community that my partner and i are building it's going to be a multi-generational movement Mm -hmm. we aim to have this by her children and their children and her grandchildren continually moving this motion forward for women Mm -hmm. to connect firstly to themselves and this help this plant truly helps that process it really helps break down those walls for us and go within and really look at what we need to look at Mm. and how we need to heal and by doing that first and foremost for ourselves and then using this plant with other women who don't and do look like us Mm. in these vast communities you're like shit that lady (laughs) does this too that grandma does this too wow that millennial does And it's helped her anxiety. It's helped her get through this Mm. eating disorder. And that, you know, I mean, it's an incredible plant medicine that truly uh, connects us all. Mm. So that's what I feel immensely drawn to and impassioned by Mm. that we get to work with this gorgeous plant and bring her beauty and knowledge to the masses Mm. through beautiful women.
0: Wow. Yeah, that that is just so lovely. <laughs> um, the last question that I want to ask you is really with the aspiring entrepreneur in mind who might be particularly challenged by a lack of resources. You talked a bit about um, being entangled in the criminal justice system yourself and having to face the obstacle of not being able to receive a license. And yet, You continue to grow in in multiple businesses within this industry. Um, So what advice do you have for the person who wants to become an entrepreneur in this space, but either has a criminal record in cannabis or is under-resourced, just doesn't have a network, doesn't have a lot of capital? What would you say their first step should be?
1: Their first step should get involved with where their passion is mm. it through education? Is it through products? Maybe just taking a job at your local dispensary. Mm. Maybe getting involved with your local chapter of normal. Mm. Normal is an organization that helps normalize you know, this beautiful plant. Um, figure out, because I'm a big proponent of following your passion and your joy, mm. what makes you happy? What brings you joy? Mm. What part of this plant is calling you to bring your joy to the aesthetic of it so start there is it you love to throw uh events Mm -hmm. and you want to have this at your events is it through education I mean there's just so many different ways to represent this plant I'd say that first I'd also tell you that I have bootstrapped every single one of my entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, endeavors truly um So everything is possible. Mm -hmm. And when you love something and you're following it and you're there, honestly, the universe supports you Mm -hmm. always. It's always working for your best good. So follow your passion, Mm -hmm. find out what about this plant brings you the most joy. Uh, What is it about it? That's calling you to want to bring it to the masses. Mm -hmm. Now, when I (laughs) wanted to do this. The truth is I've been in this game for so long in California. We are one of the, we are the Mecca of cannabis culture. Right. I know it through an me because I've been in it from the onset right. that said what I did see through my experience uh, from medical to going complete adult legalization legal is that when it becomes legal, more people see that as opportunity for a business. Mm. More people, bigger bucks, bigger mm. investors, bigger pockets, and people who had no relationship to this plant want to get involved because there's just the almighty dollar that's calling their name. Right. I encourage you to find and have a commitment to this plant first, folks. Mm. This plant offers so much. I have been very discouraged by what I have seen, how it's really pushed out some incredible, incredible brands and products from the very onset that they were there from the beginning to get legalization on the forefront, had incredible products and brands and they were squeezed out by the almighty dollar mm. because they just don't have it. So what i encourage you to do and and it costs a lot to get into legal cannabis in any situation in any state and wherever you are mm. you're going to just know that that's why i'm saying you got to have a lot of passion mm. you just got to know what's driving you to get there to begin with mm. it will take a lot of money because people see this as a you know an end all to all like huge money masses mm. and it I'm here to tell you, even the people who are literally in the game, all those big brands that you see in California, they're still not making big bucks because there's there's a lot and the margins are very slim and Mm -hmm. you have to be a very smart business person. So what I aim to do with my marketplace and CBD is to continue to uplift those smaller brands that are Mm -hmm. doing really good work Mm -hmm. to not have them be squished out of the platform because they didn't have enough money or mm. enough exposure. Mm. I'm here to lift anyone and everyone up that has an integrity product mm. out there. That's helping people and bring them to the forefront. Cause I don't want to see that mm. anymore. People being squeezed out.
0: Mm. Yeah. That sounds like equity. <laughs> that sounds for like real sure,
1: equity. for yeah. sure. And there's not enough of that going on either. Mm. We passed this legalization to be accountable for more equity and social equity in particular and you know they're still struggling with that tremendously all these giant brands that have too much money that finally got all their stuff in order they need to be responsible first Mm. and foremost for a a give back all the biggest brands out there need to start giving back Mm. immediately
0: Mm. That is a strong call to action Yeah, <laughs> and I hope that it is heard. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, Saline, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Thank you for your time. I really know that this is going to inspire women and all people who have a relationship with cannabis, who want to learn more about it, or maybe who just have certain preconceived notions and hearing your story and, and your perspective might sh- change that a little bit. So, yeah, we really appreciate you, Selene. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful new year.
0: Thank you, Selene. You too. That's all for today's episode of the Greenlight Podcast. Check out the show notes to find out how you can follow the amazing things that Selene is doing. If you support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'll help others find us and learn more about social equity in the cannabis industry. You can find out more about Marijuana Matters by checking out our website, marijuanamatters.org, and you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Marijuana Matters DC. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon.